0: Advances in digital technology are transforming the way we all do business, and location is fast becoming the nerve center of the digital future. Why? Because in our global environment, location matters, and most data includes a location component that, when unlocked, will open new lines of inquiry, analysis, and understanding. Welcome to the Locate20 podcast, where we share with you a deep dive into the lives, motivators and future legacies of some of the key players at the Locate Conference, Australia's annual national gathering for custodians of location data creation and management. Locate Conferences have been bringing together geospatial and surveying professionals to connect, collaborate and learn about cutting-edge industry developments and insights since 2014. Locate Conferences provide three days to deep dive into geospatial technologies and harness the power of location. Joining us today, all the way from New York, we have Kellen Krass. Kellen is a Senior Intelligence Analyst with the New York State Police, assigned to the Intelligence and Analysis Unit. He's responsible for tactical and strategic intelligence products and provides support for major case investigations. Kellen specialises in geospatial analytics for law enforcement, gang investigations and cell phone record analysis. Previously, he worked as a crime analyst for the Albany Police Department in New York, Baltimore City Police Department in Maryland, and Camden County Police Department in New Jersey. Kellen earned a Master of Science in Criminal Justice from Bradford University and a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Mars Hill University. He'll provide an inside look at the crucial role of geospatial analysis in solving a missing person case turned homicide in his talk at Locate 21. From visualising witness statements to recovering evidence and organising search teams, GIS helped bring closure and justice to a rural New York town. Kellen, welcome. And it's fantastic to have you here with us today. Could you please tell us a little bit about how you got into GIS and what you love about it? What's your journey been and where do you want it to go in the future?
1: Absolutely. I want to say thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be part of this. Uh, I discovered GIS While in graduate school, I decided to go back to school for uh, criminal justice. While there, I learned about this field of crime analysis, and it was something I never really knew anything about, I'd never heard of, but it was an extra certificate I could have with my degree, and I thought, sure, why not? Let's throw that on the resume. Uh, While there, there was a course in crime mapping, so I took that. It was a full semester, In at that point, this was two thousand eight or nine. So there was a little bit of map point going on, a little bit of Google, a little bit of um, ArcGIS, but really looking at different softwares because in the professional world, you could be working with any of them. But I loved it. It really connected with me as a person who is not artistic at all. It gave me this feeling that I could create something visual and creative that really mattered. It also had kind of the fact-based decision-making influence I want and I want to be able to make a difference, but I could have this visual element, something that I don't typically have that ability. I was very excited about it. As my my kind of journey was I started off my career as a crime analyst in uh, the city of Albany, New York. It's the state capital and I bounced around a little bit. I'm from Maryland, so I went back to Baltimore City and then I was in New Jersey. Really actually a lot of kind of high crime cities working in Baltimore and then in Camden, New Jersey. But as a crime analyst in each of that career is a lot of statistics and kind of looking for trends and patterns in both calls for service, 911 calls, and crimes and helping to both solve those cases, but also helping to smart deploy your officers. Let's use statistics and let's use, let's use mapping to really direct those decision makers and those police officers with a very different background. Where's the most efficient way to keep people safe? Well, eventually I came back to New York. I work at our state fusion center, the New York State Intelligence Center, and I work for the New York State Police. And as an intel analyst, uh, the role is a little different. There's less of that statistics. We have less direct role on how we deploy our forces, but there's still a lot of share in the skills. When I came about having this background in the police departments and having a little bit in it back in school, I kind of brought a skill set nobody had. There were one or two people who had experience with GIS, but it was relatively rudimentary. I am by far no, no expert. I'm not ai saying earlier, I'm not a professional cartographer here. I'm a crime guy who recognizes the value and, and really utilizes it. So in that time, our use of GIS for the state police purposes has exploded over the last four or five years. And now half, if not more, of our requests for help on criminal investigations involve some kind of GIS element. So uh, just coming in and sharing that has already built up our capability. When it comes to kind of the the future and what I'm excited for and where it's going, I want to see how police can integrate it along with social services. There was the big discussion in the U.S. of defunding the police or at least trying to maybe reform a bit and involving more social services, mental health type of things, or non-sworn, non-gun carrying officers for incidents that might not need them. Well, traditionally we've tried to use gis and tries to use our data to as i said kind of smart deploy where can we stop crimes before they happen i'm excited for the idea of where can we use those same skills to identify the neighborhoods and the people that need that help so maybe instead of just targeting where we need to make arrests and where we need to stop bad guys why don't we incorporate with those partners we have work together as whole government and bring back up some of those areas and help people out. So instead of people being locked away for years, we're, we're achieving the goal of improving safety and reducing crime, but in a much more positive way. And I'd like to use that skill set in partnership with them. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm excited.
0: So it's interesting that you were speaking then about not being you know, professional cartographer, I'm really curious about whether as somebody who is using GIS quite often, but not necessarily strictly trained in GIS only, do you ever feel a sense of imposter syndrome?
1: It can come up, but most frequently it's kind of in these environments. It's in these times when I get to go to a conference where I'm surrounded by hundreds or thousands of other people in this field. And I go to present on what we do with kind of a unique voice and how law enforcement is using it. But I'm looking at presentations about, about using Python and about machine learning, and I'm fascinated by it. And at this point, it's not quite a part of what I do. So it's not something I've learned. I realized that I've used geospatial data and and a lot of these softwares for my entire career on an almost daily basis. So it's not like I'm brand new, but I'm just surrounded by this future. And it's it's pretty amazing and it's humbling, but it's also exciting. So every once in a while, I got to check and kind of remind myself that no, like these are your people. It's all right.
0: That's such a good perspective. It brings to me this idea that, you know, for a while, spatial has been considered that, you know, quite special. And recently, over the past decade or so, especially, there's been a growing awareness in spatial as an industry, as well as other related industries such as yours, that spatial is no longer special, that it's becoming more widely recognized, that spatial underpins almost every other industry on Earth, and especially that location intelligence and analysis. Analysis is an incredibly powerful thing. How do you think we can convey the importance of the use of spatial thinking in business today across all industries so that people don't encounter a sense of, as, as we've discussed, imposter syndrome and feel more comfortable realising that, you know, even if they're not directly spatial trained, they can easily and effectively incorporate spatial processes into their day-to-day work?
1: We've had some success there, really, by giving giving our partner law enforcement agencies giving them wins in cases. Uh, we have the the situation where I guess in all of government, but we we know that law enforcement can kind of be slow to adapt. We can uh, whether it's because of old school mentalities or budgets. Sometimes we're catching up with particularly the private sector, but where other people are. So in a lot of where I've done it's you know there's a missing person or there's a a string of burglaries or whatever and i have some kind of old school grizzled uh, captain who wants to do things a certain way and we're able to come and be part of that and we show them that there is such a spatial aspect and and how we can we add so much value to it in particular the number of times that we've gone to trial and then we end up putting up maps and it's it's not just a piece of paper. There's something dynamic about it. It's an animation or it's a story map that we're working with. When it comes to the the people, you know, we'll call on the ground, the people sitting at the desk who'd be working it through some of those cases, I've interacted with so many uh, analysts and officers of smaller departments or in other towns that would be responsible for my role. And maybe they just got something. And they're not really sure how to do it, and they, they come up to you after, and you do the business card exchange, and it really is just like we're we're right there at the same page. Like, trust me, we you know a lot of us started the same way. I'm, I might have come across it in school, but other people, I, I end up training a lot of my staff, and they have no idea. And even some of them who have no interest in doing anything uh, with geospatial science or any of that data, you learn. That you you can do it very easily. It's not just for the people who love it. Uh, it can add so much value and really kind of bring those people in and and kind of that network connection of I know that did you work over here and I'm separate, but just you know that simple give me a call and let let's go through the couple of things that didn't work and it's that helping hand. It's networking. It's friendships. It it, it works.
0: So true. Friendships, networks, <laughs> they make all the difference. So I'm curious about you mentioned a couple of ideas and thoughts that you have around what you think some of the developments might be coming up into the future. How do you think that the future of work will look like, especially in terms of crime fighting with automation, machine learning, other such developments? What are some of the things that you see coming down the line in the coming decade?
1: Well, we've seen in the past decade, a lot of tying in of records management systems for law enforcement agencies, but also emergency management, uh, your EMS, your um, your health and fire services, tying directly their, their phone lines and their records management into a geospatial system, uh, and then kind of automating where are their officers at any time and where do they need to be? What are the most... Significant. what are the most efficient ways to get from point A to point B or where where do they need to be placed, but directly tying it into a geospatial format so they can see. I'm interested since as the analyst, we're responsible sometimes for trying to predict where there's a, those are going to be. We're looking at past data to see where are our high crime or just high call areas, high calls for service areas, so we can best position our people. And there's a There's a method in crime analysis called risk terrain modeling, where you try to determine it's very, you know, it's very academic, it feels like, determining the risk factors of a neighborhood, whether it's socioeconomic or what, for what might make it conducive to certain issues. I'm curious how that math can be plugged in to do that same kind of future prediction. It might threaten my job some, but I'd love to see how it can be incorporated, the other one that's really popped up for me, I hadn't even, it just came to mind a minute ago, but I've been thinking about this kind of for months is as automation becomes popular in other fields, how will it affect us. So we think of like self-driving cars and what's that going to do for things. And normally we think about like traffic accidents and safety. Well, on our side, sometimes we're thinking about what about, you know, traffickers who are moving drugs across borders and moving them. But if it's being driven by itself, it's kind of hard to get somebody for speeding and not using their blinker. So maybe we're identifying like the the high risk routes or something, or where, where are the places where we can still Help to interdict and keep people safe by identifying, but adapting to new technology in that realm of automation with self-driving cars. I, it's it's fascinating, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it. I definitely don't have the answers for where we're going there.
0: But isn't that the thing? It's 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 the questions that really matter. The answers will come in time. It's having the questions and thinking of new things, and you know all the possibilities.
1: You're so right. You're so right. I I, I love that. of thinking and it's it's very positive about where you know when it's going to come we'll be ready for it
0: exactly i'm sure even if we're not we've seen with COVID, you know
1: yeah oh wow yes
0: (laughs) how do you think we could connect the dots across geospatial thinking and many other industries so you've given some fantastic insights around how we can use geospatial in crime what do you think is is the power of geospatial
1: it's so much more valuable to across our industries than just within one. The importance of sharing data across not just a a from in crime again department to department but sharing with our public but sharing with with private sector too while we are responsible for for privacy if it is particular incidents we want to keep that safe but when we can put things out to the public we can let people determine where where they want to move where they want to live where do you want to open up your next business where do you want to open up your next restaurant and being able to share those both in relation to is it, not just is something dangerous but is there Is there going to be a fire station nearby or is this conducive to effective routes of travel that aren't getting in the way with kids walking to school? I think just like this is such an interesting question. It's such a fun and tough one. I believe that our data is important to other industries and not just within our silo. So, as I mentioned, that sharing and communicating, whether you think it's valuable or not, I think when we can open it up to people and really like set up like hubs of our information from one to another, it, it really opens up possibilities and empowers other people because we learn in this field that data. As much as big data may exist for other people, it's so hard to get a hold of the most important thing you need for today's question sometimes. So that sharing and that openness with each other can, can really help across our sectors, I believe.
0: Absolutely. And I really enjoy that you brought up the concept of silos, because I feel as though one thing that the world in general experiences at the moment is a lot of siloing. And, you know, it's been the product of so many years of thinking and the way that businesses worked. But, you know, breaking down silos does allow us to collaborate so much more. This year's theme for Locate is convergence, collaboration and community towards a stronger economy. What does this mean to you personally?
1: I love that we just talked about silos and that you bring up that theme because this is essentially the mission station mission statement for the office and the department that I work for is how we're doing it. So Working at the, the state fusion center, the state intelligence center, just to kind of give a quick history, after the attacks of 9 11, when President George W. Bush set up the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, one of the requirements was that every state have a designated fusion center, and some have even larger for major metro areas. And the entire purpose was that we need to break those silos down and we need to share information because a lot of people at that time had an idea that something might happen. But they didn't have the full picture, and we realized that that there were there were police, there were there were federal agencies, there were there were private sector people who knew things. There it could be the state tax department, anybody who might have known, not necessarily in that situation, but in other ones that could have valuable information that could help each other. Not not just crime fighting, but really for safety for everybody, public safety if you have a, a hurricane kind of threat or wildfires in different parts of, of our country. And I know in Australia, there are issues, but being able to, I'm so sorry. but um, When you take all of those groups and we can put them together and they literally put us in a building and said, you're all going to play nice. Now you're going to share your information and you're going to work together. So that convergence collaboration community, it really hits home because it's the kind of the purpose for why my job exists that we go back to an old way of working when we don't do that, that doesn't work. The entire world is so connected now, so easy to communicate with anyone and really in a non-pandemic time travel anywhere, you can get there so quickly and easily to go back into our holes and like bring up, just hoard your information doesn't help anyone. It hurts yourself. Why would you want to do it? So I'm excited that we have that kind of theme and we have this environment to, to embrace that exact.
0: So what excites you the most about Locate21? Who are you excited to meet and what are you looking forward to learning?
1: So a big one for me is that this is such a different and diverse group of people for me. I mean, I'm I'm coming from the US and and constantly being surrounded by police all day. Whereas now I get to be back in a in a GIS environment. I get to be around a bunch of people who who can speak that language and I can just learn from so many people who are just masters of this field and that they're from a different side of the world. Like, my interactions the last few months with people from Australia have have been incredible and I I I love the opportunity to, to learn from everyone and to, and to just interact while peeking around at the agenda and seeing what's coming up. It might be a little bit of a strange time of day for me to be part of the, the virtual coffee tasting. But more specifically, what did get my attention is on the, the afternoon of the 30th had a couple that really stuck out for me. One was the deep learning for wildfire mapping just kind of hit with me, which in New York, not a big threat we ours is usually blizzards it's it's snow that we get but through attending other conferences especially when they're on over on the west coast of the u.s i i realized that the the language totally changes that wildfires are such a major part of their emergency management and so much of what they're doing with geospatial intelligence that it, it's fascinating to learn new things about it so then to I've always loved those conversations. So then to hear what Australia is doing with that, and and maybe being able to almost be the middleman and say, "Hey, here's what they're doing over there. Do you guys know you're doing this?" I really like that. I thought of that. It just really grabbed my attention. There's also, I believe there's a presentation there on emergency preparedness, and that is is part of my my department's identity. It's not my specific role, but. It, again, as the kind of map guy, I'm going to be pulled in for anything. So when it comes to disaster management and, you know, we have potential terrorist attacks, we never know what can happen. We have New York city. So we're it, it's what weather can come in and, and anything can happen. So anything I can learn in that realm, I'm very excited about because it, it touches very much on what I'm doing. There, there was one more I saw that was the, the United Nations subcommittee that 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 was just a big i got excited about it. it doesn't really tie into what i do specifically but just to think of of our world and our our, our kind of our job on our data science being used at a level that high and just being able to influence things like across the world not just one nation it's really novel and i want to i want to know what they have to do i'm just I'm just interested <laughs> there are so many cool talks and i really
0: love that you have got this excitement about some of these exciting talks. It's like, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about Locate is that it brings together such a suite of different areas. And you not only learn more about the technical advancement in spatial, but you get to learn about all these exciting applications. So I'm really curious to learn a little bit more about yourself, Kellen. Who were some of your mentors and how have they changed the way that you work?
1: I had a, uh, my advisor in graduate school used to, used to tease me for not, not pushing hard enough. He actually, he, used, he liked to call me 85 because he swore that's all I was working for. And that, uh, while it made me laugh at the time. It, it did kind of give me a little, little kick in the tail and, you know, let me know that I, okay, here we go. Let's, and, and it had an effect. And we, we would joke back and forth a lot, but he really, he's the one who taught my crime mapping class. He's the one who taught most of my, my master's classes on criminal justice and really kind of got me interested. A- another one professionally, uh, I actually had my director of criminal intel, so of my unit, when I first went to Baltimore City, had we'd only met on the phone not much more than that. And then we had a year or so of working together before she moved on to Camden, New Jersey to become the director there. And then right after leaving, I'm suddenly getting emails and calls from her and asking me that she has to stand up this new unit and she could really use a, a new lead analyst to come and set things up and r- help train the new staff. And I, I ended up going and I was so excited. But over the course of, of years working together, I learned so much about the field but about leadership and just how to treat people from this like fascinating woman who gave me two chances. She she hired me twice and really kind of pushed me along and let me know what could be done, how to work with these these different kinds of people, you know, these these career police and here I am trying to joke around and being way too excited in front of them. But it was more so much more than professional it was just like friendly and letting you know how to be the right person so those are kind of direct ones otherwise it's not quite not quite mentor but one thing I wanted to talk. uh, I was thinking was uh kind of, kind of the cool group I want to break in on is I mentioned that network of fusion centers we have in the U S there's a group of them and they're fantastic geospatial minds, a guy from Boston, another fellow from uh, Alabama and one from Illinois. And they, they lead their geospatial subcommittee. And I'm just like, how am I going to get in here? I, I like, I, I want to break in because they've done fascinating things and the way they've shared information, both with the public really helped organize everything during the COVID-19 response and then working in between our centers and getting people who don't do maps at all they're not interested in geospatial intelligence or anything but getting them to understand that value I do kind of geek out on that and um, uh, you know I want to I want to get in there.
0: So there's so much exciting work that you're doing, Kellen, and so many ways that you're integrating geospatial in really valuable ways to bring tangible benefits to society. Do you have any thoughts about what legacy you'd like to build over your career for others in the field and for future generations?
1: Quite a question, but uh, yeah, I do have an idea and it's it's probably pretty simple, but I really just want to make things better. And I hope things can be when I'm, when I'm gone. I, I still have plenty of years left in this career. I've been doing it for about 10, about 10 years, but we got a while to go, but just there's so many things going on in our world right now. <laughs> and, you know, not, not to forget with uh, the future we have coming with climate change and then changes in our, in our technology and how our daily lives are going to change. That's going to have wide ranging positive and possibly negative repercussions and reverberations throughout what we do. And I'm kind of one small piece, but luckily I've got a, f- a few years and a few partners up here in the Northeast U S and I'm, I'm hoping that we can work together and just, you know, really just kind of make things better for those after us. That's, that's all I'd really like. And just, just be, you can probably hear I'm, a, I'm, I'm a happy guy and I just want to be happy while I do it.
0: I have to say, you are one person who I feel like embodies and absolutely lives the themes of convergence, collaboration, and community. You seem to ooze it from every fiber of your being and really just bring it into the world and make it happen.
1: That is so incredibly nice of you. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it.
0: It has been such a pleasure, Kellen, to have this conversation with you. I'm so grateful that you've taken out the time
1: absolutely i've had a fantastic time roshni and i cannot wait to be part of locate i'm hoping to get to you know come and see people uh, you know really I've, I've never been to australia i don't know if it'll be happening this year but i'd love to go to touchdown and and just say hello and i'm really looking forward to seeing you in person and uh meeting a lot of people and learning a lot of things
0: well i have to say when you do get to australia you'll have plenty of friends to welcome you
1: lovely thank you so much